On 11-16 SEM, the Four Diego's. Stanley Cole on set-piece duty. Keeper comes. Punches only as far as Poyak. Got a bid from the Wanderers. Matteo Poyak with a stunner. A goal inside three minutes. What a massive night for Australian football with Western Sydney Wanderers defeating FC Seoul 2-0 and they're through to the ACL Grand Final, the final of the Asian Champions League on the 25th of October. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Hey, thanks to finding on another great show, a lot of stuff happening in the world of uh, AFL, but Warren Diego, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Rodrigo. Good to be here, yeah. and I'm um, looking forward to a, a very special event tonight. It is a very special event. Carlos Alberto Diego, you're in the house as well. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Um, given that I hail from West Footscray, can I claim that I'm part of the West Sydney Wanderers? Of course you can. You know, this is RBB. a night for Western suburbs. Absolutely. Westies all around the world, stand up and rejoice. Absolutely. What a fantastic effort. Uh, Hey, we'll get we'll get into that a little bit more, but uh, it's a big night here. It is in the a Diego special studio night. Yeah. because tonight in the studio, Vinnie Venezuela, not Vinnie Venezuela, he's still sunning himself in far north Queensland, Mission Beach, apparently Mission Beach, I Missionary I have, Beach. I hope I haven't divulged anything there for all the fans out there looking to stalk him. <laughs> You'll no. There's pictures of him. <laughs> I know, he said them out. On Twitter. He's, he's uh, prolific on Twitter he at is. the moment, yes. He, he had a he lovely is. bunch of coconuts last time I saw him. <laughs> he uh, did. But anyway. After you did the th- wrong thing by him over in uh, Op- Copacabana. Yeah, that's right. Too, by the way. Anyway, in the studio tonight, gentlemen. I know. And listeners. Sorry. We've got Socceroo. Yeah. Legi- right? oh, it's legendary. Legendary yeah. We should make yeah. them guess. Played in Europe. Yeah, now listen, I'm going to go through. Yep. He, um, uh, an NSL star. Yep. A dual Marsden medalist, oh. Joe Marsden medalist, of course, A-League champion, yeah. A-League champion, yeah. Sydney, Perth, Melbourne. Yeah. He was an all-star in the Indian Premier League. <laughs> That's right, with yeah. With Dempo. Yeah. Uh, and he was a 10-year, 10-year, yeah. the longest-serving PFA mm. president, and he's retiring. Welcome to the show, Simon Colosimo. Thank you very much, guys. If we had applause... Yeah, we would. Actually, if, if fake our, applause, if our, hurry up. If our Pedro on the panel was quick enough, we'd have some fake applause. That'll come soon. Absolutely. The, uh, there you go. <laughs> that sounds Fantastic. like the three of us clapping. Yeah, here, that's right, it, yeah. doesn't it? Hey, Simon, welcome. That's it. Mate, it's great to have you, you know, in the studio, and you've had a wonderful career. But before we get right into that... What do you make of Western Sydney Wanderers? What a fairy tale story this is, isn't it? Well, some would call it a fairy tale. Uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Right. It does not surprise me in the uh, in the least. I, I think Pop, what, what Pop has done there, what those players have done, um, especially playing games during the off-season when the A-League's not on and then yeah. cramming games in when the A-League is on, 
um, is is sensational. I think he's done a really good job of uh, getting those guys at their peak. Now, Simon, you talk to all the boys, you know, uh, off the record sort of stuff, but you've got to divulge here tonight the off the record <laughs> stuff. What is it about Popper? Does he drive them into the ground at training? I mean, I was watching some of the rejects he had in the team. I mean, so-called rejects from a few years ago. He's recruited them within two years. They've played in a couple of premierships. Uh, they've uh, now made an ACL final. Uh, they're used to winning. Uh, they've all slimmed down. Well, oh, what's the, what whippets, is, Carlos. They're whippets. What is, I mean, what is it about these guys? Or what is it about Tony Popovich that actually has been able to, um, you know, get this club, this really uh, a fledgling club, to the point uh, of just being winners the way they are? Well, he, I, I think because he treats every player like part of a jigsaw, the jigsaw. You know whether you're, you know whether you're playing number one, playing number twenty-three, twenty-two. You know, however many are there, he has the same respect, and he deals in the same way with every single player, no matter about reputation, whether you've got one, whether you don't have one, and there's a huge respect and trust. I think the trust here that the players have in in, in Tony, and that, uh, you know, if Tony says, look, let's work on this, let's do this, it's going to work. That, that trust and that, uh, the ability for them to deliver, um, is something that, uh, you know, it's very difficult. I mean, uh, you know, we see it with, with, with some other coaches also, but for someone who's so young in the coaching world, it's only been for three, three years mm. or, or three and a bit years. And, uh, you know, the attention to detail and the trust that his players have in what he's trying to do and, uh, and the way he wants them to play is probably key to it. He seems to improve players. If you look at, Ante Kovic, you look at Labelo Huliti, you look at Shannon Cole, you look at... Who was that guy? You mean Levino? <laughs> yeah. His That's brother, Levino. Yeah, Le- yeah Levino, yeah, his like, brother, yeah. Brother. yeah. That almost is a bit, yeah. bit like Berisha. Same size, <laughs> same size nose, both him and his brother, actually. If you yeah, actually but Shannon Cole? Shannon Cole's Cole? another one. Yeah. He's improved him. You look at uh, the Nikolai hyphen. the hyphen. Yep. He's improved. Topper Stanley. They're yep. all thin, yep. like myself. But I mean, you've been at clubs, you know, seventeen years of professional. We'll get into this uh, in depth soon. Long time, but Carlos. Seventeen years of professional. You've been at clubs where the where the uh, manager is waiting and the gaffer's waiting at the door every Monday or every every you know every preseason at the start of preseason with the uh, you know with the what do you call it the um, skin folds. skin fold tests and yeah, stuff yep. like that. What makes you laugh at one coach, but then jump on board with another, which they seem to be doing? Because apparently. Uh, Tony Popovich is very, very strong in the skin folds. Yeah, well, he's strong on everything. I think, I think the, those rules are there, and it's, uh, it's. Uh, I, I was lucky enough. I had six. Uh, I had a little bit, a little time with Tony. He was the assistant coach at Sydney FC mm. when we when we won the cha- the championship, and the the transition he made into an assistant and his attention for detail, and uh, and it all just comes down to believing. You know, if 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 the coach lets one guy get away with it and says, oh, it's okay, he has ability, um, or, mm. yeah, that's, uh, you know, he's, he's a certain player, then it, it breaks down for everyone because, uh, you know, those, those questions start, start getting asked. But when you've got a guy, oh, you know, as an example, Ante Kovic, you know, you're talking about someone who's had, I think, I think he beats me for, for you know, for, for years in the game as a professional, mm. right? And, and he's come and he's, he's changed... His ways. I wouldn't say that he's changed his ways completely, but he's taken it on board, and you can see the way he's keeping mm. it. I mean, he. I mean, he would have been touch and go probably to go to this uh, this this camp next week with the Socceroos, mm. and uh, you know he'd be knocking on the door with the experience that he's getting against Asian teams. You'd almost say he's a chance for the Asia Cup. 
Yeah. Absolutely. He's in great form. Unbelievable. He's impenetrable almost. Hey, tonight, man, mountain, in goal. Man, mountain. Yep. Hey, we've, tonight's hot top. Yes. Tonight's hot topic. We've got a hotline, Simon. It's the Dear Simon hotline. If you want to <laughs> ask the great man a question tonight, give us a call nine four two nine eleven sixteen. And the Dear Simon hotline is brought to you by the fortiagos dot com website. That's yep. fortiagos dot com. Make sure you subscribe to our e-newsletter because yep. that's coming up, and you can win that fantastic book, A History of Football in Australia, by Roy Hay and Bill Murray. It's a great book. We've had a look at it. Uh, we interviewed uh, Roy last week. Great man. Just get on the fortiagos.com. That's fortiagos.com and subscribe, and you can pick up, uh, if, if you're, you go into the drawer, of course, A History of Football in Australia by Roy Hay and Bill Murray. Hey, let's, let's now let's ask Simon some questions about his wonderful career. Warren, you want to take it right back, don't you, to juniors? Yeah. <laughs> Simon, Carlos has already t- always told us how much of a prodigy he was as a youngster. <laughs> I'm his, sure you were his far... Gro- his groins gave way. Yeah, yeah I'm right, sure yeah. you were far better than that. Tell, tell us, can you remember the first game that you played or the first team you played for? And tell me... What type of player were you as a youngster? Like highly talented, marauding winger, or were you always a, a central defender? What type of player were you as a youngster? I was by far the greatest player. Memory from when I was young. The one thing I do remember, and uh, it always sticks in my mind, is that I enjoyed myself. And, um, you know, if I go back, I remember being at Partridge Reserve and uh, training with my team and, and the lights weren't working. That so was Thomastown? That was Tom- Thomastown, yep. yeah. The lights weren't working so well, uh, as always. And we're on the, the, the side field, which was just a pile of mud in winter. And we decided that, because uh, it was dark, that uh, I would swap positions with one of my mates. <laughs> and so I put his gear on put his gloves on, I went in goals, and he went out on the field. And, you know, we did our training, and it took the coach about half hour to, <laughs> to realise, and away we went, and we got sent for laps. But that was, uh, that, that was my, my very young days. But, look, I, it was no different to being in, in my street or, or having a Sunday lunch with my, my, my cousins and my family where we would just go kick in the street. It was, it, it was all about that. I never at one point, at no point did I think, oh, this is what I want to do for, the, for, for my career. But looking back now, were you always elite? Because when I first met you back in 97, and I'd heard about you before that, but when you were at the Carlton Soccer Club, you were definitely the best young player at the club. And we had, uh, and you would never agree to this, but there was Vinnie Grella there, Bresch, Mark Bresciano was there, some terrific young players. Did, did you understand that you were elite as a sub-junior or as a, as a bloke coming through the ranks at that age? No, it was, uh, well, I didn't really make the state teams. Mm. It wasn't until I was, I was 15 that uh, an opportunity to, to, to play, for, play for Victoria came. I missed the sort of 12s, 13s, 14s. Um, I was in a development squad at, at under 12, sorry, and then 13s, 14s, 15s even I missed. It, was, it wasn't until mm. 16s that, uh, that I made a, a, a state team and it was just by chance. And uh, from that uh, away it went. I remember being at home and uh, Ernie Merrick ringing me up and saying, hey, you know, uh, this is Ernie Merrick. And, you know, I nearly fell to the ground because I knew he was the, the coach of the Victorian Institute of Sport. And he said, you know, would you like to come and take on a, a scholarship? You know, speak to your parents about it, uh, you know, see what you think and call me back. So I hung the phone up and 10 minutes later I picked the phone up. Yeah, yeah, I spoke to them. They're fine, you know. <laughs> they're, they're happy with it. And, and 
you know, away it went. Same with the Australian Institute of Sport from there. The same sort of thing happened. I never really expected that to happen. Um, and then from then on, it was just, uh, then it became that this is what I want to do. Mm. This is what I want to do. And I never really looked forward. I always, you know, looked at, looked at today. Excellent. So we've got some text messages on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Send them through tonight and uh, we'll pop any question you've got of Simon. Rod in Kingsvale says, congratulations on a great career, Simon. Now, don't forget to promote your wonderful mum's business. <laughs> Go on, here's I, your chance. I, I, I don't really need to. I think she does enough. Uh, <laughs> no, right. Croce Colosimo in Brunswick and uh, she was on that... Uh, um... Project Runway? No, 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 no. The Frockers. Oh, oh, okay. Rockers, right, yeah, right. the Frockers. Yeah. I'm glad you so said she, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why, that's why I paused. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was on that, so she's going good. Oh, good, good. Well, maybe we need to hit her up for a sponsorship, Carlos. But, uh, he, he, just in light of the discussions, we Simon, being an old Carlton Soccer Club member, what went wrong at the club there? That's a question off the SMS. Yeah, I think the club was uh, eight years too, too early. Mm-hmm. You know, if I want to put it, uh, you know, uh, quickly. I mean, we don't have uh, all the hours. I don't have my spreadsheets here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, look, I think I think it was just just came about eight years too early. Yeah. yeah. It, actually, you know, that's a really good point because that club was probably run uh, as an A League club in the early years. In this competition that we've hit, in the first couple of years, that probably would have been a Carlton Sod club would have fit nicely into that. Uh, but really, the whole environment. Uh, the way the game was run, the way it was administered, uh, the lack of marketing at the time. It just shows the, the many facets of, of the game that, that has brought us to this. Uh, did you play in that uh, in the Sydney... No, I don't think you played... You were with uh, Perth in year two of the A-League, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, because the thing... We were talking about the, the greatest moments in Australian football history last week is our hot topic, and the one I couldn't... I still remember sitting in the second tier... Uh, at Etihad Stadium where the Melbourne victory in Sydney FC game in year two got 52,000 people. Yeah. It was a club game. Yeah, yeah. And I was there, Started you know, every week. Blue. Yeah, I was there with, um, you know, at Carlton where, you know, there was high hopes and we'd get 1,500 people. You know, and you just would never ever, you'd be dreaming of 20s and 30,000s and 40,000. But when I saw 50,000 at Etihad Stadium then, I'm thinking, gee, there's some real potential in this game. Yeah, Simon, probably the first, well, not for a broader community of football fans, the injury that you received against Manchester United when you were playing for the Socceroos, Andrew Cole, Andy Cole, horrible tackle. Uh, tell us your memories of that incident. And I'm, I suppose it's interesting to know how long did it take you to get over that injury? And in terms of your longer-term career, did it have an impact on you in terms of where you were able to get to post the injury in terms of performance levels and that sort of stuff? First of all, tell us your memories of that game and that incident and, and the effect that it had for you going forward. Oh, look, I, uh, well, I'll go through the game. It was uh, it was quite enjoyable until a certain point. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, you know, when I got tackled, all I remember was... Um, Lying there and, and seeing Danny Tiado come over, or he had come over and he, he had a look up on the screen and you could imagine uh, what Danny's thoughts were and what he wanted to do right at the moment. <laughs> so I, could, I could hear him in the background and off I went. But, I hear that uh, he still wants to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he may have done it. Uh, and then, um, 
look, from then, from from that moment, moment, it was just uh, support from people. Uh, you know, my best mate flew up to Sydney, spent a couple of days with me. Uh, went and saw a couple of specialists. Uh, I remember going and getting my my scan results and uh, and seeing that they weren't good. Uh, it was a don't get me wrong, it was a difficult few mm. days. I fl- flew back into Melbourne, um, and I remember walking into David Young's uh, clinic. And I go in there, and uh, I'm sitting there with my mum, and uh, and I sit there, and oh, thanks very much, Doctor Young. I'll get back to you. I'm going to go and see a couple other, you know, knee surgeons, and and I'll make a I'll make a decision on, you know, who, 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 who's, who's, how old were you? You were uh, 18. 18. Yeah, yeah, you were still yeah, a young yeah. bloke. I'll make the yeah. decision on who's going to touch this knee. You know, <laughs> this this special knee. Yes, yeah, uh, precious knee. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, No, you're not. He goes. I'm the best in the business, and I'll get you back. And from that moment, um, it sort of gave me a lot of confidence. And it was, uh, I think, just just him saying that, it was like, you know, I took a, a deep breath and sort of relaxed a little bit and thought, okay, well, it's all going to be under control. Was the rehab, you know, these days they've, they've sort of measure it to the week and, you know, you can have the special, uh, if they take, the stuff out of your kidneys, they can actually, you know, <laughs> yeah, tie, yeah. you can be back in three months, you know, uh, or your brother can give you his kidney or something That's like right, that and yeah. you can stick it in the knee and do it that way, right? Right, brother. But, uh, I mean, was it clockwork, the rehab, or did you have a couple of hiccups along the way? I was quite, uh, I was quite lucky. I, I got some advice, which was, if it says to do a set of 10, do not do one more. Hmm. If anything, do one less. If you miss one day, of of whatever it is that you that, that you need to do the following day, you know whether it be swimming or gym or, or strength, whatever it is. If you miss that one day, then it's going to uh, you know effectively set you back two. So just try and get to that point, and if you can find that balance and get to that point, then the, then you'll be on 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 track to to move forward. And I I was quite lucky. I remember my first training session back. Um, you know, with the team, we were playing. It was a recovery session. We were playing football, tennis, mm-hmm. um, and everyone else was. Yeah, I think they played a game the, the night before, the day before. So the boys were quite exhausted, and I was there jumping around, <laughs> thinking, you know, this, this is it. This is my World Cup final. You know, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm back, and I stretched for a ball, and um, my knee got caught underneath me, and I just heard this tearing, mm. just you know, and I sort of stopped there, and I started crying. I thought, like, that's it. It's gone mm. again. So I rushed over to the physio, you know, went and got it checked. And they said, oh, now treatment's going to be a lot easier because all your scar tissue's yeah, broken yeah, down yeah. Uh, just from doing that. So, look, it was it was one of those. I, um, you know, I remember putting in the hard yards, but I've never really looked back at them. Mm. Well, I mean, you've answered that very professionally, but I remember we were baying for blood. I mean, <laughs> when that happened, because you, 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 were, you were a... And, and, and 18 year old 18 starlet and you by the way look, people coming, from about... any, coming from an Italian background yes. <laughs> I will say some of the words that came out of my mother's mouth yep. uh, were, were not very nice yes, yes. but the if you're 18 years old and by the way people talk about the golden generation yes. there were some damn good players in that squad that you that you'd cracked into as an 18 year old um, I'm not sure whether Zelich was playing at that time, was he? Or he was just finishing up. Yeah, Paul fi- Ocon was yeah, around. Ocon. Yeah, I mean, there were some really, really good players in that in that generation of, and you were breaking through as an 18 year old. Um, 
it must have been a really special time before the injury. The way you sort of ex- you, 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 you sort of ele- you elevated yourself from that junior who wasn't quite sure how good you were, and suddenly within a couple of years you you with the elite. Yeah, look, uh, you know, we, we we talk about the injury, and uh, and I look back at it now, and I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty positive person, so I, you know, I take it as a blessing. You know, I think to myself, well, you know what. At that moment, I, I realised that it can go so quickly. You know, say, you know, every game could be your last. And mm. I know it sounds cliche mm. and all of that, but I think when you have a setback or an injury or something that that could prompt this or, 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 or could make this happen, that's when you realise, you know what, um, you know, I'm going to take nothing for granted now. I'm just going to work hard, play, and, uh, you know, here we are, mm. you know, 18 years, well, 18, 16 odd years later. And, uh, you know, I've played for so long. So you play 70-odd games for Carlton and South Melbourne and then you do what most Australian players do and that is the European experience in, in Man City. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like and and how would you describe it in terms of success from a playing point of view or a growth or a learning experience? How, how What was the European experience for you? Well, I think in hindsight, it probably wasn't. It was a it was a great decision. Man City, a wonderful club. You know, from from that moment, they became the the, the club that I support in the in the Premier League or in England. But um, I I think it was probably the you know looking back, you know, would I would I have gone somewhere else? Um, probably not, because at the time, whatever presents itself, you you make that decision. Um, you know, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I, I was really passionate about playing for the Socceroos. And when I went to Man City, I wasn't getting much of a much of a kick. And I realised that you needed to be playing. You needed to be getting a kick. So I made a decision um, that, you know, I need to go somewhere. If it's, you know, going a step back to, to play games at that point, it was play games everybody was playing in Europe anyone who was in the Socceroos they were actually playing in Europe and you needed to be playing so I had to make that decision but uh, my time there was was wonderful tell us about um, I mean some of the legends uh, who are wrapping up their careers of just like someone like a Vinnie Grello who's wrapped up his career brushes towards the twilight himself you guys you actually came through at, in at the Carlton Soccer Club with these guys and uh, I just read a quote in one of the newspaper articles on, on your retirement, and uh, and Vinny's been asked to give a fantastic quote about, and, he, and he's such an Italian, you know, uh, very, very forthright way saying, I've known the guy since he was 12 years old, and I've loved the guy, and, you know, he's just really straight to the point. Can you tell us about your relationship with Vinny and Bresch, and what you remember about them as juniors when you were coming through, and obviously playing and and uh, training with them in, in state teams and stuff like that. Uh, look, I, th- I think we've all we've all had our difficult periods, but uh, look, we've all had some great ones. Uh, you know, Vince and Mark. Uh, you know, ten ten years uh, in Serie A. I think Vince has got three hundred odd games under his belt in Serie A. I mean, not many Italians can say that, let alone mm. uh, you know a foreigner, a young blonde kid. Who you know? Who's gone over? And his first game was to Mark Zidane. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, you know. Brescia was scoring goals in Serie B, and uh, you know he's, he he could have at one point he could have picked any club in Italy to go to. You know. So these guys, um, you know, went through that. But the time, the time at the AIS, the time in the in the Socceroos camp, it's just 
going about business. Uh, you know, you go out, you train, you do what you do, and then, uh, you know, uh, uh, for Vince, you have your cup of coffee, and for Marco, it's your hot chocolate. That's, you know, that's 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 just how it is. And, uh, you know, speaking to Vince over the last uh, couple sort of couple weeks uh, and discussing it and uh, the way you read his comments is the way he talks. Yeah. You know? yeah. that, that, that's just him. He's black and white. He's forthright. This is this is how I see it. If yeah. you don't see it like this, well, you know, I don't really care. This is how I see it, and uh, I believe it's like this. And he'll, uh, you know, he's like that, whereas Mark's a lot more jovial and just, mm. uh, yeah, you know, you're retiring, you know, that you know that knee, you'll have a laugh about it, and, and, and so on. So, I know Warren has got, has asked you a question, but I just want to uh, – one more question on Vinny. Did it surprise you what he achieved in his professional career? No. No. I remember when we were young, he was, um, you know, he was another one that was told, you know, it's not going to happen. You're not fast enough. You're not strong enough. You're passing. You're there. Not going to happen. And, you know, I, I, I look and you see he played two under-20 World Cups, Olympic Games, World Cups. He was in the. I think he was. Was he in the top top sixty of the two thousand and six World Cup best best players? Yeah, best players. Yeah. Um, You know, he's played. You know, however many games for Socceroos, and uh, you know, he's uh, Mister Reliable, if if that's if that's what you want to call him. But um, you know, I always believed that he was going to get there, and I look. He had some tough ones. Mark had some tough ones too. Uh, You know, he he also had them. He he wasn't identified until. Just prior to Carlton, I think. Yeah, he yeah. he was at the uh, the schoolboys. Yeah, wasn't identified, and uh, all of a sudden, he schoolboys came to the AIS, and and bang away you go. But you know, I, and I think every player's got that story. Not many players will say you know it's all been smooth sailing. But uh, look, I think it gets to that point where there's a, a sneaky chance, or when that first little break, and if you if you grab it and just say, look, okay, well this this is what I want to do now. This is what I want to do. But uh, I don't think as a 10-year-old or 12-year-old or anything like that, I don't think any of us ever thought, you know, this is what we want to do as a career. I think it's just the love for the game and going out and training and enjoying yourself. And, you know, I know that there's a a lot of training sessions and a lot of academies and this and and that now. But, uh, you know, if you go through that uh, golden generation of ours, most of it, I reckon, was having a kick with their brothers or family friends or cousins or, you know, uh, you know, I broke a number of windows at home, <laughs> uh, which tells you, tells you why I'm not a striker or a forward. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and I think that's where it come from. But you could clear a ball. Yeah, <laughs> easily. Over the back fence. Hey, Simon, we're going to take a break now, but we'll come back with more. You've kept unbelievable company in your career. We'll talk more about that. We'll talk about the A-League and, of course, uh, your glittering career. Let's take a break now on the Four Diego's and come back with more of the legend that is Simon Colosimo here on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, we're here on a Wednesday night uh, and we're talking to Simon Colosimo who announced his retirement from professional football and, of course, has to step down as the long-tenured uh, PFA president, 10 years. It's like the American presidency. You can't yeah, go for too many different, you know... <laughs> that's right. Two terms. Two terms, terms. Carlos, that's right. Two that's terms right. is it? 
He's been longer than an American president yeah. can stay. That's eight years maximum. So Simon, he's more Menzies. Barack. <laughs> or Johnny Howard. Or John Howard. Yeah. The, the Bob Hawke and Bob yeah. Menzies. They've given you a job, though, Simon, haven't they, at the PFA? You, you, you're still working at the PFA. I am. I yep. am. I'm working. I'm player relations executive. So, um, look, I, I, it's a passion of mine. It's something, you know, being there, being there 10 years, I, you know, I, I look back and, uh, you know, where have they gone? But... Uh, yeah, we're talking about that tonight. But are you straight with the players, though, Simon? You know, some of the guys are, uh, you know, they come through the ranks, and sometimes, you know, they probably get ahead of themselves. They probably maybe a little bit precious. So you're very straight down the line with them as far as listen. This is the, this is a reality of the professional sport, and this is what you've got to be looking for—the pitfalls and so forth. No, that's for Vince. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Tough you, you have to be honest. I think uh, that's that's the first part of it. And uh, you know, as a as a professional athlete or footballer, um, you know, players have got you know we you know we're always you know having a look at the, the responsibilities of of clubs or FFA. But uh, you know, we first thing we do is you know we we let the players know that you know you as a professional athlete as a footballer you've got responsibilities also that uh, you know you have to you know honour or adhere to and. Uh, and they do. In the main, they do. Mm. But seriously, all the great stuff you did on the pitch, some fantastic things happened when you you know, you were the president of the PFA, didn't they? I mean, the collective bargaining agreement for you know, the players, of course, the Matildas, the Socceroos. You must be so proud of that. Yeah, oh, look, it's, it's, it, it's all been quite enjoyable. One thing, uh, I, I, I guess the reason I've, li- I've enjoyed my time so much at the PFA is that Every you know we talk of the golden generation and every generation that's gone through or every group of of players I'll use Socceroos as an example. They're always trying to better conditions for the next group coming through. So there's never a, there's never been I've never never felt in the ten years I've never felt a you know what are what are we getting what am I getting you know what, you know this mm. needs to be for me. Um, you see as, as guys are younger they come in they understand it but. You know, when they're when they're the, the the key guys or the main guys, it's it's not about them. Uh, and I don't think it's ever been over the ten years. It's always been, you know, um, the the two thousand and six World Cup. What are the ten guys? You know, where are they going to sit? Mm-hmm. You know, the ten guys. Where are the fourteen guys going to sit? The you know these guys fourteen. You know, where where are the eighteen guys going to sit? And and I and I think that's probably been the most enjoyable thing. So I mean, if we move forward to the A League, I think. You talk about your role with the PFA. I think the players need to hold a, a lot of responsibility for the success of the A-League. There was that period of time between the crossover of the NSL to the A-League where lots of players who didn't have full-time positions and the players really stood firm and, and were very responsible for the way that the A-League was set up in terms of the way that the clubs are going to be established and the, and the support of players. Collectively, you must sit now at the end of your career looking at the A-League about to enter its 10th season and look at the way it's been constructed and the sustainability of the competition both for clubs and players and say maybe it would have been good if it happened eight years before but you must be very proud of the way the competition sits now. Oh, look, I think uh, the... I mean... I've retired now, so you know I'm I'm actually looking forward to 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 going to these games and and just being a punter. You know, I've, I had this discussion with my mate the other day, and he said, you know, we need we need to pick a club. You know, who's it going to be? 
And I said, I've never picked a club before. I've never done that. Who, who are we going to support? Let's go support Barcelona. We'll travel there. <laughs> okay. um, I've never done that. So, you know, it's about go, going out and, uh, you know, sitting in the grandstands and I might be able to swear. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, you know, not not have to wear a shirt or uh, something like that. But I'm just looking forward to enjoying enjoying the football and the games for what they are. Who should Simon pick? Give us a uh, text message on zero four double three. It's, no, it's yeah, simple. Who Simon should pick? He barracks for Man City. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say he's played for Melbourne Heart, that is now Man City. Yeah, but from, Melbourne City. from what I hear, and Simon <laughs> won't. Simon will never, ever divulge this, but Victory went hard to try and sign him. There was love there from Victory, too, at different times. Well, I'm, I'm a Melbourne You'd be City shocked, fan. wouldn't you? You'd yeah. be shocked if he said Victory. Yeah. Well, you got to don't go for the dark side. <laughs> We've got a text message here, Simon. I want you to answer this. Uh, Chris from West Meadows. Simon, what, firstly, what was your best goal uh, that you scored at NSL level? Was it the goal you scored for Carlton versus South Melbourne? And, and that's the first part. But, Simon, can you remember you knocked me out from the halfway line of training at Anderson? Chris, the kit manager at Carlton, and all the best in the future, Simon. I'm going ha- to have to defend myself here. <laughs> the, way, the way that's come across. I... Firstly, the goal. Okay, firstly, the goal. Um, yes, and I remind Michael Pekovic of it every time I ring him. <laughs> um, and, and, and knocking him out, well... What happened? Oh, what happened? Okay. Well, you talk chance. us through it. By the way, in those days, there was this ancient position <laughs> called the sweeper position. That we don't, the young kids won't know what that is, but Simon used to revel in this position. It was like the, it was like, you know, the free prong, the free spirited prong. I could I could be at the start of my career if it was still if it was if the sweeper position was still in I'd, I would be at the start of my career now. But Simon regularly picked up the ball in his own half and just took people on and Marauded. scored. Yeah, just just on, he, he ran on top of the ground. But that that was similar to what that goal that, against that, that. Yeah, that yeah. was that was it was a it was a big game. It was you know the Melbourne derby. Um, there was you know packed house at uh, Optus Oval. It was at the time. And well, it was a it was a great game. Um, Vinny actually scored in the first half of a great left footed volley, and I wasn't happy with that, so I thought <laughs> I'd try and better it. And uh, ah, look, it was a it, it was an enjoyable guy a goal, and they were enjoyable times. I still want to know how you knocked Chris out. <laughs> I think uh, all right. Well, we'd gone out to start training. Yep. Um, the balls were in the middle of the pitch, <laughs> and. Today, you're not allowed to touch a football when you walk out on the pitch unless you've done your prehab, your exercises. This is why I'm retiring. <laughs> all your exercise, get your body right, do all the pre-training stuff. Well, you know, back then, being young, you sort of get the ball, you can start knocking at 40 metres, 50 metres without even warming up, just away you go. And he was putting the net up in the goal and we're on the halfway line and... Um, Sitting there, and he was putting the net up, and I think he might have been on a wheelie bin or a chair <laughs> or, or something like that, putting the net up. So I'll leave the rest to everyone's imagination. So it was right. a bit of a case of workplace bullying. Well, I think it was a great shot. Yeah. <laughs> really, I think. that would have been if you actually filmed it. It would be a YouTube sensation. Yeah, exactly, right now. <laughs> it would go viral. It go viral. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Hey, Simon. Um, Liverpool was uh, is Daniel saying you should you should. Uh, oh, there's no doubt. Never, never. Question here. Um, how close were you to joining Maccabi Haifa a few seasons ago? That's from David and St Kilda. 
I wish I went. I hadn't even heard that rumour. No, well, there you go. That's uh, David, off. clearly. Well, there you go, David. He, um, it was a rumour. I found out two years too late. <laughs> yeah, there you go. By, by the way, Simon, have you always had a player agent? Because you've had a few moves over your career. In the old NSL uh, and also in the A-League, uh, overseas at different times, have you always had an agent or, do you, or did you just deal with all that yourself? No, I've had, a, I've had an agent most of the time. Uh, Leo Karras, based in Sydney. Oh, yeah. yep. He did, did a lot of my stuff. But, uh, I mean, if I look back at uh, the relationship that we had, um, uh, it wasn't... Uh, I, I don't think we actually had a contract for some period. You know? okay. It was just mm. a friendship that, that grew and, uh, you know... Jerry Maguire. Yeah, yeah. It was just mm. one of those and... Uh, we, we knew what each other were thinking. We, we both understood each other. Um, there was a good bit of respect, and, uh, and away we went. Mm. Simon uh, was one of the nicest blokes I've worked with. Please say hi from his ex-yoga instructor from <laughs> Melbourne Heart. Stiffest hamstrings, though. Cheers, Paul from Sunshine Coast. See, they're listening to us from all over the country. There you go. The That's country. because I didn't do my preparation before training when I was young. By the way, Simon, you've only been out of the game for a, like a day, and you've let yourself go completely. I know. Actually, yeah, you've got to take a photo of this guy... Is there an ounce of fat on this guy? No, no. he could he could still play for another. Well, you know how you've got to skin fold yourself as you walk through the <laughs> stores of SEN. He That's passed true. with fine colours. Well, you, you have to have some rolls of fat if to be in this yeah, studio, of course. Yes, but mm. anyway, Warren. Yeah, no, Simon. Um, we'll get to the best player you've ever played with all that sort of stuff. Soccer career. I actually remember watching you guys at the 2000 Olympics. It was mm. fantastic, even though the results weren't great. I went to with my wife to all the games. We got tickets to those games. How do you reflect on your soccer career? Because that um, 2000 team was, I think, the captain, Mark Viduka, was might have been the captain but of Lucas that 2000 Steel, Lucas team. Steele was playing in that yep. team. Brent Emmett, Hayden Fox. That Good team, team there. Was, that team was a great team. Although the results were... Oh, what happened? Well, yeah, yeah. What happened with those results? But that would have been a great experience to be in an Olympic team in Australia in 2000. The highlight, perhaps? Not the results. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, I, I think the highlight was just being part, oh, just just being an Olympian. I mean, on, on home soil. I think that's enough. Forget about whether it's football, table tennis. You know, my my other passion, gymnastics. No, <laughs> no um, just you know, representing your country and uh, you know that that opening game at the MCG uh, against Italy. You know, the, the likes of Pirlo, Gattuso. Mm. Sambrata, these guys playing, and uh, you know we lost one nil in that game, but just the, the noise and the, the anthem. It was. Uh, I remember so, being there. It was a great yeah, game. Mm. Yeah, something that I'll. I'll well, I don't think I experienced again like that. And then um, I'll rewind us back twenty minutes, and you ask about Mark and Vince, and you know the the difference. And I remember we played against Nigeria, and the ball popped up, and I was on the edge of the box, and I went to head it back to our goalkeeper, and I've done that, and one of their players has, has nicked in and got and scored. That was at the Sydney Football Stadium, yeah, 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 yeah I remember. Yeah. So I'd made that mistake, and that was it. My career was over, <laughs> you know. It was like, you know, I didn't know how to, you know, I couldn't get over it, and then we're walking, go back to the village, and we're walking to the to the common area, and uh, in the Australian section, there's a big whiteboard, congratulations, Ian Thorpe. You know, gold medal, <laughs> congratulations. These, you know, and just all these highlights of, of these athletes. 
And then there's congratulations, Simon Colosimo, uh, <laughs> best player for Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> so, which you know, which Ollie Roo wrote that. That there? was that was Bresh. That was Bresh. Oh, so, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, how did that make? Did that diffuse the situation? Did that make you feel worse? Nah, it diffused it yeah, because yeah, you sort so. of just know, um, you know, it, 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 it's if you. If you worry too much about the game's past, you you know you won't be able to move forward. Yeah, fair enough, and that's why you're so good at the PFA. Yeah, you've, you've had you've had some experiences, and you've learned from them, and you've you know you can teach some of these young blokes that sometimes the word you know, is resilience. Resilience is the word. Young kids don't have the resilience these days. I've been told. So you've got to be able to pass that on, Simon. Interesting question here from the uh, text messages. Honest answer, Tim Gossage. Tim Cossage is a is a reporter yes, and uh, WA. he's a newsman yeah. and uh, a commentator. Did Simon really enjoy his time in Perth, or was the glory culture wrong? Love to get a wrap of your stay in WA. Cheers. That's from Tim Gossage. Loved my time in WA. Uh, look, the 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 first year was difficult. Uh, just Perth was quiet, uh, and sort of uh, my wife and I found it. Difficult settling in uh, when the A League come along. Don't get me wrong, I, I the football part's always the easy part. Um, you know, a, a lot of the time you go to a to a club, the change rooms are the same. There's your larrikins, there's your serious guys, there's your guys that warm up. You know, two hours before, there's <laughs> you. You know, so so all of, all of that is there. Um, it was it was difficult. Then we had our first. Our first child, and I thought Perth was the greatest place in the world. Mm. Always good weather, wonderful parks. So my time away um, from training were, was a lot better, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, you know, if, uh, you know, I made some really good friends uh, in Perth, the, the Pekovic brothers, and some some friends away from the game that uh, you know I still keep in contact with. You know, to, you know, once a week till today. So look, I, I did enjoy it. Enjoy my time. Um, you know, Mitch Mitch took the job. Didn't work. We had a discussion. And, you know, I'm not one of those to, you know, leave a club and say uh, this, that. No, you know, it's just part and parcel of the game, you know. If you if you can't, um, you know, if you can't uh, sort of, you know, respect, you know, people's decisions or what you've done and then move on, then, you know, you, you, you won't be able, you won't have that longevity. Mm-hmm. There you go, Tim. That's an honest answer. Let's uh, let's take a break now and come back with more with uh, Simon Colosimo celebrating his wonderful career on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Yes, as we draw Wednesday to a close, it's all night appetite on after the Diego, so don't forget that from 12 till 6. We're here with... Uh, Celebrating Simon Colosimo's uh, career. Rod, Rod, has this been a radio show? Because I, 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 this has not been like a radio show it's for a me. It's just, chat. Yeah, this is a little living room chat with, yeah. uh, you know, a good mate of the Diego's overall. We, 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 yeah, we. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have like Vinny now? Vinny, oh, Vinny, Vinny's coming with the Pomegranate. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> uh, we chased you all around the world. Did we? We've spoken to you yeah. probably in every country you've been to. India last year. Yeah, yeah we spoke yeah, to you in yeah. India too. Um, you played with some great players. You know, like I sort of touched on it before, the golden generation, some of the great players there, and you were just a youngster coming through. I'm going to put you on the spot. And this, is a, this is a Socceroo series question, and we won't have you sitting on the fence. And we won't be saying, oh, there's a lot of different... Who is the best player that you've ever played with? Gee. 
question without notice, but I expect an answer. Yeah, yeah, he's... <laughs> yeah this is radio. So this, you can't, this is we've got to talk through. No, no, we'll yeah. talk. You just yes. keep on thinking. Yeah. Because it's, it's a good text message. Yeah. Simon, do you think you'll do Dancing with the Stars next? That's from, that's from Daniel. <laughs> oh, that's just a good one. Let me narrow I'll, I'll, I'll narrow it a little bit. Who's a player in that one performance when you say, wow, what did he just do? That sort of thing. Uh, look, I, 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 I can't actually give you yeah. one. It's too difficult. It's yeah, too true. difficult. Look, one that I've always enjoy watching I'll give you I'll give you two two perspectives yep okay being a defender okay being a defender um, I only see the defensive side of the game so if someone scores a goal I think to myself that's just bad defending yeah right so that, that's my first my first thought how could they have stopped it? right so being a defender um, and not because he's a mate but Vince purely because of the way he broke games up the way he changed mm. the tempo of games, um, the way he he he's positioning to stop. You know, you're talking about a guy. Let's be honest; he's not the quickest, mm. right? But his reading of the game and knowing how to screen, um, when to speed the game up, go moving forward. So, from from a defensive point of view, and from an attacking point of view, um, someone in 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 tight areas, someone who can turn a game and and even now still is doing it is is Mark, you know, mm. like uh, I think, um, you know, one thing, you know, people will say the, the game in Italy is a lot slower than it is in the Premier League, uh, so on and so on. But if you really break these games down, there's just less space. Mm. There's less space to, to do what you do. And if you're an attacking minded, you know, sort of, you know, I don't want to use numbers, but an attacking midfielder in Italy. There is no space. Yeah, the game's slower, but there's no space to get the ball to face forward, to get in... Be- I mean, everyone talks about getting in between the lines. Mm. There's no space in between the lines in Italy. So if you're able to do it there, you can you can do it anywhere. And, mm. uh, and yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, so I think those two. But the most exciting is, is definitely Harry Kill. Mm. Definitely Harry Kill. Um, most exciting, no doubt. And your best... Football memory, the thing that you'll look back on with the greatest pride or the greatest enjoyment or the greatest fulfilment, what would that be? Uh, Individual or team? Um, okay, that's enough. It's, no, it's no, no, okay. no, 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 I've no, got no, no, we needed to say something because the music, <laughs> music would have Soc- cut in. Socceroos, you talk about, I, I spoke about, you know, wanting to, after Manchester City, I wanted to get back in the Socceroos. I wanted to do it. I had to take a step back. I ended up back in a, in Australia. And then my first cap after that, I got called up. I was at Parramatta at the time. And we played away in Venezuela, which was a terrible place to, <laughs> to, to go. But uh, away to, And just being away from the Socceroos for, for, for such a period and then getting the taste of it again and wanting to, wanting to do it again. And, and funny enough, um, I went there as backup. Vince got injured in the last sort of training session, last couple of training sessions, so I got an opportunity to play as a defensive midfielder in that game. So that that was probably a real real highlight. I knew what it meant to, you know, when I when I spoke earlier about uh, you know it could be gone at any moment. I really knew what it meant to, what it meant to represent my country at that time. And the other one was just you know I, not just but uh, 
home team club, inaugural captain, walking out on the field and uh, walking out with my son. I think that's uh, something that, that I'll cherish and I I hope that, uh, you know, when he looks back at it, uh, that uh, he'll understand, uh, you know, that uh, him and his sister are always going to be my priority and, you know, it doesn't matter what I've done in the game, they're, you know, the proudest moments. No, that's great. I've got no more, Carlos. Oh, you got no you more. Me? No, I thought no. Uh, okay, um, we don't want to finish on a bad, on a on a negative note, but we've that's, asked all the negative, all the greatest good, moments and stuff. Beautiful. What? Do you have any regrets at all? Any regrets in your in your career? Any regrets in my career? He didn't play with you, Carlos. That was a regret. <sighs> no, I don't really. I haven't thought about it. I haven't thought about it. I'm sure in the next in the next six months, I I, I probably will. Um, no, I, I was like uh, again, um, you know, I tried to be positive and, and any setback. I have plenty of setbacks. Don't get me wrong, loads of setbacks. But uh, you know, I used them, you know, in a positive way and to my advantage. Well, Simon, mate, it's been a fantastic hour speaking with you. You know, you 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 had a great career, and I think we've, we're only just scratching the surface with oh, yeah. uh, with what you've done in the game. And uh, good luck with your retirement. Good luck with your new career. And, with his uh, real, with the real with job, real, real job. You know, <laughs> put the suit on every day now, and uh, go and shuffle some papers. You did beautifully with yeah, that no. before, by the way. And I was going to say, not all players that play sport leave a legacy. Yeah. And the thing, Simon, that I think you leave is a legacy on and off the field, and that's credit to you because not everyone who plays the game they have stats and we have memories, but not a legacy. And you've left a legacy, and I think off the field just as much as on the field. So well done. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for your time tonight. Really appreciate it. Anytime. Okay. I thoroughly enjoyed it. There you go. Simon Colosimo in with the Diegos uh, for a whole hour. Thanks for your text messages tonight. We really appreciate them. Couldn't read them all. Fausto, Diamiches, we saw yours and we spoke to uh, Simon about that before as well, so thank you. That's it for this week's show. Don't forget, Scott Cooney coming up with All Night Appetite and from 12 to 1, it's NFL Thursday with Will Batola. So remember, Carlos? We have a Puerto Rican girls hangout. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Samba, Rumba and La Bamba. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there's girls with fruit on their heads and balls at their feet, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the 40 Diego. Oh, hey. Hey.